It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday and welcome to the podcast. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, shout out Mr. Corey Friedman back in the building. And Cody He's Del back. Mendo. He's back. We're four wide on a Tuesday. Uh, we got a lot of hot topics for you today. The chat's been waiting for us. We're not late. We're casually late. Yeah. It's on purpose. It's that, no way you arri- that way you arrive on YouTube, but people are like, where are they? It builds a little anticipation. Mm-hmm. If you show up right at 120 on the dot every day, then people just expect it. Yeah, I got to keep, keep them wanting more. Yeah, keep them on their toes. Keep them on their toes. Them on their toes. Uh, yeah, our regulars are in the house. Like Dustin's here, Blue Dab's there, Gary Ross. Sean. Sean, I saw, was in the group. Hey, make sure if you're watching on YouTube or if you haven't seen us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Give us the likes, all the positive reviews. We appreciate that. But make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss it. It's the best way to ingest what we're, what we're doing. If you're listening on old school podcast form downloads like I do, uh, make sure if it's Spotify, make sure you're subscribing. And please leave us a five-star review. Please. You know, please. You know, we want those Spotify listeners to catch the Apple listeners in five-star reviews. Oh, yeah. It's a competition. Are you better than Apple or not? Yeah. And if you, want, if, you, if you listen to it somewhere else, you know, give, give a five-star review there, too. Yeah. Why don't you catch up to Apple and Spotify? Yeah, exactly. And have you guys heard the exciting news, by the way? No. This is going to be for everybody in the chat going to want to hear this. We have now scheduled the first-ever CHGO Cubs virtual happy hour. Oh, boy. Woo. It's oh happening. Boy. It's <laughs> happening. Oh, boy. February 1st at 8 p.m., we'll be able to see your beautiful faces in a Zoom-like fashion, drinking your favorite beverage. Can be a lot of Goose Island. That's right. A lot yeah. of Goose Island going around. So that's next Wednesday, next Wednesday, 8 p.m.? 8 p.m. That is already next Wednesday. A week from February. tomorrow. Can't February wait. February 1st. Can't yeah. wait for uh, to, to see the people from the Discord. From the Discord. Their faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. If you want to join us on the happy hour, you got to be, you know, maybe a diehard. Diehards are in. Yeah, in the Discord, all that kind of good stuff. That's right. So make sure you're signing up. Be a diehard. Join the family. There you go. Look at that. Dub is going to have Malort member. and Goose Island. <laughs> Hell yeah, I like that. Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO. The best beer ever created. And the show begins in three, one, two. 
Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's try it that way. All right. Stuff. So I think that the first thing we're going to hit in today's podcast is broadcasters, right? Chip Carey reportedly leaving the Braves and going to the dreaded, hated St. Louis Cardinals. So, huh. first of all, his grandfather was a Cardinals guy before he yep. was a Cubs guy. Chip is going reverse order. He's going Cubs, Braves. Now he's going to St. Louis, it appears. Um, well, he First of all, he's been with the Braves a long time. Like He left here in 04. I shouldn't say he left. He was shoved out the door in 04 with Steve Stone in one of the strangest departures of any broadcaster anywhere. When a player is calling up from the bullpen to complain about your calls, um, that's bizarre. That was bizarre. The whole Kent Merker thing was crazy. Anyways, are you... Are you bitter? Are you angry? Is it worse than Wilson Contreras signing with the Cardinals? Harry Carey's grand, <laughs> grandson calling yeah. Cardinals games. <laughs> Swung on, belted. I, I want to hear Cody's take. That's well, why okay. we all immediately all right. looked at you. Well, we is, know you have one. This is a public service announcement, folks. All right? After years, after decades, after a very long time, maybe even longer than that, after... So many dull, boring broadcasts. And perhaps you might argue that it might have sounded like an old man yelling at the clouds the entire time. The St. Louis Cardinals have brought in Chip Carey to bring in a little excitement. Congrats to them. Congrats to them. Congratulations. I see a lot of – the chat is very hit or miss on Chip Carey. There's a lot of – I genuinely don't care in the grand scheme. Like, yeah. he, like him and Steve Stone, like, you know, they have the great Sosa home run calls that yeah. carry which 20 strikeout game. Yeah. But, but Lynn and JD and, and Bob Brentley were like my guys. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also like, like what almost, made my fandom. It's almost two decades since they, since he called the Cubs game, too. Well, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was like eight years old. That's what and I said. We're going to get to was that he topic. With the Cubs? How many? Seven, years? seven, seven years, something like that. Yeah. So, like, even like, you know, even people like Luke or, you know, a people little bit like older. Like Luke, what do you mean? What, is, I, the old. what is that supposed to be? People <laughs> like Luke. The olds? Even the olds I don't feel like care too <laughs> the much. The olds. So. <laughs> I just like, I, I think I'm with everybody in the chat. Like, we were talking about this before we got on. Like, it's the only reason I care about, like, I think Chip is fine as a broadcaster. I don't think he's great. He's one where, like, he does kind of miss calls sometimes i think he's been a big like mm-hmm. if it's like a fly ball at the warning track like he's gonna get yeah. you more excited than you has the playoff one should be yeah, yeah if base hit, like he's, caught he's out fine there. i don't yeah. think he's he's bad though but like the only reason i would care at all is because you know when i, I like when i first started watching the cubs he was the guy on tv we were sharing some clips yesterday like uh the back-to-back, Sosa and Alugo back-to-back mm-hmm. against the Reds in 2004. And I think about that moment every day of my life. <laughs> and Chip is the one calling it. Like, that's my association with Chip Carey. Like, I, anyone that knows me knows that, like, I have a real affinity for certain broadcasters, right? Like, yeah. Chip mm-hmm. Carey is just not one of those guys. And as people in the chat are saying, like, he hasn't been with the Cubs in a long time. Yeah. He's also someone, you know, like, even when he was with the Braves, I think he has a reputation of speaking usually pretty fondly of Chicago and the Cubs. And so it's like, 
Always, I, I don't care about this. He so. always is willing to talk to whoever when it comes to Carrie Wood. Like every yeah. every anniversary, I feel like we see Chip Carrie on television, whether it was Marquee or NBC, whatever it was. I feel like they would have him on to talk about that anniversary, mm-hmm. especially the twenty year anniversary of it. We yeah. saw a lot of him. Also, yeah, the if people you're, that ran him out are gone. Yeah. Also, if you're in the yeah. chat right now, we got a poll from our uh, producer Lawrence. It says, are you cool with Chip Carey joining the Cardinals? Yes or no? Go vote. Go vote on, the, on that yeah, poll. Like go on the chat. I think everybody's going to say yes. Here's here's my – I won't say it's – here's a, a poll question. Here's my question. I understand most people are like, ah, whatever. Chip Carey hasn't been here in a long time, especially if you're 20 or 30 or 25 or whatever. I ask you, where does Chip Carey – does Chip Carey make your top five voices of Cubs mm. baseball in your lifetime? If you think of the voices of Cubs baseball, I've got some other names in there, all right? I'll give you my five, I'll give you my four and tell you who I'm choosing out of for number five. And because I'm sure you're the three of you will have a different list being younger guys. So I'm gonna say Harry Carey number one, Pat Hughes number two, Ron Santo number three, briefly in my childhood, Jack Brickhouse, he's a Hall of Famer. But I do remember hey hey, okay? I remember mm-hmm. the hey hey calls and it's it's on a foul pole, so or fair pole, whatever you want to call it. So my number five spot would be left to guys like Chip Carey, Steve Stone, Len Casper, Bob Brenly, Jim Deshays. I I don't know if I Tom Tom Brenneman doesn't count, Keith Moreland doesn't count for me. Ron Coomer could be in that list for people that like Ron Coomer after Ron Santo. Um, I th- one I did consider very briefly in my mind was Wayne Mesmer for singing the national anthem. He's not a voice of play-by-play games, but every time you go to Wrigley Field or think about, you know, he would sing with his wife down on the field, Wayne Mesmer. I would say, I would say it's down to the Chip, Stone, or Casper. And I, I don't know if I can choose because Len Casper did the World Series stuff the season they won, won the World Series, but Chip Carey is, here comes the hook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swung on, belted. I always loved Len Casper's, when his voice would crack. Oh, baby. When he's screaming. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. I, think it, like, I think it depends on like what we're, because like, bringing it to what we're talking about with Chip, like, I think what a lot of people are getting at is that like, Chip is obviously associated with so much stuff, but they don't have that, like, connection to him Mm -hmm. as they maybe do with others and I think Mm -hmm. that like to your question about where you're ranking all these guys kind of depends on what the question is right like who's the best broadcaster versus like who you know represents Cubs baseball to you or like means anything to you yeah I think you know I think Pat Hughes at least for like you know my age you guys are a few years older but like Pat Hughes I mean he was he took the job I think the year I was born so he's been the voice of Cubs baseball on the radio at least from for my entire life so for my, if we're talking about my life, then like he's number one. You know, That's Ca- one through five for me. Yeah, well, he's, Pat, he's in the Pat, Cu- he's Pat. in the Cubs Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Stats, I don't believe is there yet for everybody in the chat. I, mean, I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember Chip Chip Carey really calling baseball games. Like that was I was seven that's, eight that's years so old. Wild by the me. end of it. What about Steve Stone? You only think of him as White Sox. Yeah. See, I, I think I, Steve. I can picture Steve Stone with Harry. That's the thing. It's like those, they were both. By by the time I even really got into baseball yep. and definitely can remember as far back as that, like they were both gone. Like it was Len Casper. You know, I think one of the 
main seasons that got me into baseball was like 06, as sad as that is, because they lost 96 games. But that was like You're just a big watching. Nathie Perez guy. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah oh. Perez. Uh, but that was like, you know, Len, Len and Bob at that point in time. And I know Bob <laughs> eventually got replaced by uh, Jim Deshays. And, but, you know, Len Casper was there for what, like 13 years, something like that, maybe yeah. a little more. So he was, while Pat Hughes was the radio guy, he was the play by play TV guy. But then, you know, Ron Santa was there for for a lot of my baseball watching years, and then you know Ron Coomer now has been around for my baseball watching years. So mm-hmm. those guys are like, though they are obviously a lot newer than some of the guys that Luke would remember from you know back in the day. But those my as far as my lifetime, my baseball Tinker watching Evers life, chance. <laughs> my baseball watching life, it's those guys. Like those four yeah. are probably like yeah. my top four right when there. We, and we got a super chat from Fernando. Oh, Fernando. So say that list is good. Stone, easy at five. Chip, eight. Oh, Chip, Yeah, I, I would say Stone, list, <laughs> Six and Stone seven. is ahead of Chip Carey for me. Yeah. The only thing I would say is I can't think of a specific Steve Stone call, whereas I can think of two specific calls by Chip Carey. Here comes the hook. Yeah. He calls it. Yeah. Yeah, that was for like, sure. He, yes. Stoney was like my first I'm not saying experience. who's better as a broadcaster, like where you would watch the game and constantly, you know, like, well, I think if he throws him a slider down and away here, he's going to get him. And there it is. You know, that type of, as a, as a kid, that was my first experience. Like you're watching it going like, this guy's a psychic, right? Like he yeah. knows exactly what's right. going on. The thing I, I, I yeah, again, like Boudreaux, him going one. to the Cardinals, which was like the original question. I don't care. It's definitely nothing like Wilson Contreras. I know you said that as a, <laughs> as a joke. It's I I don't care. Fine, whatever. It it is just one of those things where like there are a lot of chip calls because he was when I was really becoming a diehard fan. Like somebody earlier in the chat mentioned the 2003 season, and I used to have a VHS tape of when they swept the Pirates in the doubleheader and won the division in 2003, and. He says uh, it's Jose Hernandez grounds into a double play off of Dave Veers, right? And he says, double play ball, second base one, on to first. The Cubs are the champions of the Central. Eric Karos, like, goes like that. They cut to, I think, Andy McPhail in the box. I, it's, like, so burned in my brain. So, like, that's where I care about Chip Carey. It's, like, right. I don't think he was great. I haven't missed him. I think the Cubs have had much better broadcasters. Yeah, I'm not saying is he the best. I'm just saying right. where does he rank in your voices I think of the he, game? But for me, by default, I think he has to be up there. He called just some like seminal moments in my fandom. If I were only given five, he's probably five, right? Like if you had to say quotes of Cubs baseball, he's he's got from, a lot from like of them a broadcast or something. He's now if you just say like that, like catchphrases you can remember from Cubs baseball. Now he's probably in the list. Yeah, probably by default because of when he was calling right. the games and I mean, anytime you're attached to an era where Sammy Sosa was hitting epic home runs, your name's going to probably be on the list. Yeah. But and that's why he's probably in my top five. I put him at five. Uh, you know, I, I didn't listen instead to of Steve stone. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I want to put Pat Hughes one, but I just didn't listen to a lot of radio growing up. Not that, I mean, obviously I've listened to him on the radio plenty, but that's why I have Lynn number one, uh, just because I watch like that's how I watch the games. Um, I'd put him one, and then I'd go JD, and then Keith Moreland. <laughs> no, uh, Carlos. Is it Pena. is it weird that I kind of want to put Bob Brentley in there just for my own ranking? Because like I he, he was, I love Bob Brentley as Bob a Brindley broadcaster. I mean, uh, yeah, he was. 
again, like as far as my baseball mm-hmm. watching life, like it was him and Len for what, like seven, eight years, maybe something like that. I'd probably Until, go Pat when, Hughes when and then Bob like Brimley and, or is when JD and uh, maybe and about uh, that time. Chip Carey. So Galvin's got a, a, a name on there that Dan Roan. Oh, yeah. Wow. Dan Roan called the 66th home run, but also you think of Dan Roan as a voice you would hear after the game. Sometimes you'd hear it at the end of a game for an interview. Um, sometimes you'd hear it before a game in a pregame show. Well, so I mean, if we're counting, like, you know, guys like Dan Roan, like, Cap? I mean, where are we going to put yeah, I was Where are we going to put Luke Stuckmeyer on the list, Cody? <laughs> well, well, of course. I didn't want to say that, but of course, <laughs> you know. I was thinking Cap in the back of my head, too. Because, uh, like I said, I watched the Cubs mainly on TV more than I did listen to them on the radio. Um, but... Cap. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, broadcasters, they become, you 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 gravitate towards them once they have, like, those calls, and Chip Carey had those calls. So, as much as, like, I don't care that he went there, like, yeah, he, for the few years of the beginning of my Cubs fandom, like, he was a big part of it. So, when I, think I can't it's like say that Apparently, I, Ronald Reagan called Cubs games. Yeah, I saw that in the chat. <laughs> the the well, chat's that's, that's interesting because. <laughs> I would never have known that. It also reminds you how much there's a lot of hate. I wouldn't, maybe not yeah. hate. There's a lot of, uh, we judge a lot of people in the broadcast, whether you know them or not. Like you either, mm-hmm. a broadcaster, you either like them or you don't. Very rarely do they fall in the, ah, whatever. You know, usually, usually we have enough, and a lot of times it's attached to whether the team is good or not. Like, when the team's bad, it's easy to be cranky about the broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Well, like I was going to say, like, a lot of people are, are talking about Boog in the chat. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's one of those things. Like, I'm kind of indifferent on... on he hasn't at, called his, meaningful Cubs baseball yet. that's yeah. the thing, right? Like, if Boog were calling 2015 and 2016, like, I think a lot of people would probably think differently about him. It's easy to not have an emotional attachment to Boog calling a Rafael Ortega yeah. walk-off home run, right? Like, it's a <laughs> right. little different. Yeah. Like, we associate Len or but, Chip with huge moments in our fandom. And, like, Kalata here in the comment ma- comments makes a good point about for a Cub homer or a bear touchdown, it can't beat Brickhouse. Well, that triggered in my head that in recent yeah. years, Sutcliffe, like, he's grown on me a little bit. And it's, the thing is, is that he's not there for every game, right. but he's clearly the homer. Yeah. And, like, some people like that, some people don't. I enjoy it because it's just... It's you. It's me. It's you in a broadcast. It's me in the broadcast booth, right? <laughs> so, like, don't, 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 don't hate on Suck. I can't, I, I can't put the like part-time that. guys on marquee into that list yet, although right. I think all of them that they've brought in do a good job. Like, Dan Plezak does a great job. I think Sutcliffe does a great job. Dempster does a great job. Joe Girardi's going to do a great job this yeah. season, right? Like they have a good group of guys, but I wonder if those that group of guys will ever gain the popularity of guys that are doing it all the time, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that whole like the we've talked about it before, like the process of how Marquis is doing that with the interchangeable ones in there with Boog and JD, or giving JD a night off and letting someone else like Dempster take over. Mm-hmm. Like the only way that that's going to stick with the fans and becomes something that people love is if the Cubs win and they have great a lot. Calls. They have to start mm-hmm. winning. So yeah. like until they start winning, no one's going to care, and people will probably just complain that it's not Boog and JD every night. So. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's that's the whole thing is because well, I I know I've got the the complaint people have gotten the complaint about like, 
oh, it feels like they're trying to do an ESPN type broadcast, mm-hmm. switching out people all the time, and you know maybe that maybe that's a good criticism, but you know they're trying like to be said, more of Yes Network than if, they are ESPN. Yeah, if the yeah. Cubs are winning, like no one's gonna care. I like <laughs> no uh, one's gonna care. If the Cubs I like are Lucas's winning. comment. He says uh, Todd Hollinsworth doing post game. I I loved Hollinsworth mm-hmm. when he was uh, at CSN with Cap. I miss Luke Stuckmeyer doing post game. Same. <laughs> I should hire him back. On Get t- Cap on back television. on the pre and post. There it is. It's <laughs> available. It's available. He is. He is. Uh, that would be cool if we could I get Cap to come in here and do like one show. Well, you know, the, during the speaking season. of former Cubs broadcasters, <laughs> the first thing I thought of when I saw that Chip was going to the Cardinals is I, I thought, I wonder if they're going to try and grab Kelly Kroll from the Braves to go to St. Louis, which would be closer to home for her. Interesting. Now, now would you have a different feel about it if it was Chip and Kelly Kroll on the Cardinals broadcast with Wilson Contreras I'd behind be the plate? Angrier about well, she followed Kelly, me, on, but you know. she followed me on Twitter, so there you she's go. Gonna, she's going to see all my angry Cardinals oh, tweets. Oh boy, then. yeah, maybe not. Then. I think the best news for Cody is that this provides at least a small chance, right? That Chip. Because, as I said, like when he's been with the Braves, he's always spoke fondly of Chicago, the Cubs. He really – it comes out agree. a little bit when he's at Wrigley. Yeah. Like, he, he clearly – it's it. he doesn't put on, like, a Homer hat, right? Like, just because mm-hmm. he's working for the Braves. There's, like, a slight chance that he's a little too nice about the Cubs on those Cardinals broadcasts. <laughs> and you're going to get some excellent Twitter content from yeah. some people that are freaking out. <laughs> this guy's talking too much about the Cubs. Like, I don't care that he worked there or his grandpa worked there. <laughs> Shut up about the Cubs. Yeah, Stay away from the restaurant. You got another super Great chat. food. Chicken Vesuvio. Shout out to Gary in the chat who thinks that I, that the Chip Carry Twitter account is my burner. I <laughs> wish it was my burner, but it is the best account that I found on Twitter over the last 12 hours. Uh, Fernando's super yeah, chat. If it was yeah. your burner. Yeah. Fernando I, hates yeah, Joe Buck. Hated him doing the Cubs World Series. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, people despise Joe Buck, but they, you know. His final call is excellent. Yeah. And I, to be fair, anyone could have called the Cubs winning the World Series, and I would say that. But, like, objectively, I think his his final out call is exquisite. I know the story is that, like, he literally had to scream it because if he didn't, like, you wouldn't be able to hear him on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I think it was the same when uh, when Montero hit his grand slam. Like, Joe Buck literally had – it sounded like he was screaming because yeah. he was excited. But yeah, like, That's a great call, too. Uh, yeah, game great, one hero. Yeah, game right. one hero. Yeah, no, so I, – I mean, Joe, like, Joe Buck gets a lot of hate because he's not – Oh, he's pretty te- good, guys. Because he's, he's not the, but he's, be, well, the thing is, because he's not I'm, the I'm team's not commentator. I, I, I'm wrong about that. He's not pretty good. He's a great broadcaster. Yeah, but he's, people hate it because Doesn't he's mean not. You have to like him. I'm they, just saying people he hate is it a because he's not the team's broadcaster. Yes. They want the team's broadcasters being homers this, or whatever. Yeah. When the team does well, he's not that. He's you know he's a good broadcaster. He's objective. He, he tries not mm-hmm. to get too excited about stuff. This, and, and people hate that because it's not their team. This is you know. this has always been my thing about Joe Buck, is that. When I was a kid, Fox had the audacity to put him and Tim McCarver on fa- on a Fox Saturday broadcast. Those were the worst. For Cubs Cardinals games. The audacity from Fox. The worst. And it's honestly their fault more than Joe. But Buck. it was Tim McCarver that you dislike more. Well, we all know Joe Buck's a St. Louis guy too. Yeah, so yeah. you you automatically <laughs> well, got a little bit of that bias in there on a national broadcast, and that is what put put Joe Buck in the shithole for me. That said, he's a great play by play. Does great on the NFL. Though I do think he likes Aaron Rodgers a little too much. Kind of like how Chris Collinsworth thinks that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, kind, kind whatever. Is. 
But again, great broadcaster, great play-by-play. He's actually good at the actual he's job. Up there. He's on the list. But there are some things that gave me some PTSD because of him. I never thought we'd get a Chris Collinsworth take on this show, but here we we've got one now. <laughs> uh, speaking of take, if you're going somewhere, what you want to take with you is some Green Ridge Farm. Never want to get caught without your meat sticks. Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick. They make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried meat sticks, you don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. Being all natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your Chicagoland grocery store right now when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com. Include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. The meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. You know, we had Green Ridge Farms at a lot of our tailgates. Delicious. Um, every one of our tailgates, I think. Delicious. And, Take know, some of those meat sticks yeah. in your pocket on the way home. Yeah, and hopefully they bring them back by, next year. I need something to eat right now. That's true. I'm hungry. Hopefully they bring them <laughs> back for our tailgates next year because, you know, people are going to come for the Greenwich Farms. They're going to stay for the tailgate, but then they're going to leave to go to the Bears game yeah. with the tickets they got on game time. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. You ever dream of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, being behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Cubs tickets. You know, Corey, Corey's got season tickets. You can maybe find some some cheap ones around him. Go hang out with him at a Cubs game. Uh, you won't find a better deal this season on those kind of tickets created by fans for the fans. Game time guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. One I, last thing related to the broadcast thing, and it's mainly okay. a, a, a chat, uh, a comment in the chat from uh, John Dobecki. He says, uh, guys, I live down here in St. Louis. Their announcers are horrible. The new ones are boring, and the mad Hungarian is getting old. Nice guy, but they need new blood from outside of St. Louis. I didn't even know who the mad Hungarian is. I didn't really know. I just thought it was funny, and I wanted to read it. (laughs) All right. Corey was going to say something. I was going to say, because, no, no, no. Like, Mm. you mentioned it. Uh, I I hadn't said this yet, but I... And the the mark of all marks. I did re up my season oh, you tickets. So. Oh, you Good. did. Oh. You did do it. Two sixteen again. You can't. You can't keep Corey out. I like to every year flirt with the idea of like, you know, I don't know. Did they spend enough money? Is the team good enough? And then well, they were talking yeah. on marquee. <laughs> and then they they got my credit card. Okay, it's so a, what? You know, here's the question, Cody. <laughs> Which move put you over the top? What what finally <laughs> triggered you to renew the season tickets? Hosmer, Mancini? <laughs> yeah. No, it was when I saw Which, Nick Madrigal taking throws at third base. Ah, that's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. Sarcasm. I was curious. Please, what it was. please understand that that's sarcasm. I was, gonna, I was getting ready to say, though, <laughs> after he said that, that on Marquee after the Mancini press conference yesterday, or two days ago, whatever day it was, uh, 
they were yes, talking sir. about the money the Cubs have spent, and I guess they're like they rank in like the top five of money spent in the offseason. Off yeah. A lot of money. I mean, this they had yeah. they had a lot of room to of mon- a lot of money to spend, and they spent most of it. So I guess give them credit there, but this also helps that their payroll was like middle of the pack yeah. last year. It was I it was less what move did they make where I said okay got to do this again. It was more like they didn't do so little that I was like, okay, I've had these for 12 years. They've been in my family for over a decade. Right. I'm done. I, I, I couldn't get to that point yeah. and probably will never get to that point because, as I said, I'm a mark. So yep. they know that. My season ticket rep knows, like, we got this guy. He's going to be angry on his I, podcast or in his out. emails. He's going to send the money. Like, relax. Yeah. You just want to be there. He wants those hot dogs. You, you know? want to be there just in case John Lester shows up and you can, like, give him a standing ovation or something. Well, the restraining order doesn't allow that. That's, that's right. That's what I was going to say. Legally, he's not. <laughs> the law says no. <laughs> I told the guy that reached out to me about them. We talked about this months ago. I, I, I have said no. I had to pass because I just don't have the money, man. <laughs> you were like, do you know how much I wager every week? If I hit all season, I'll be back. Can yeah, I call right. you back if, if this my parlay hit hits. this season? Yeah, I'll this be back next hits, year. Perhaps, you know what I mean? Well, also, though, like, I'm going to be here all the time, so it's kind of like, Right, you, when, know, you wouldn't be able to use them enough. I really wouldn't. Be. And the thing is, is, like, I would have done it if they would have offered, like, you know, a 10 or 20-game package with, like, season ticket holder, like, benefits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't, and, like, Honestly, outside of just the fact that the team's not playing well and the fact that they're missing out, like they're, they're you know, calling a lot of people to try to get them to sign up, to me, that's like the, the thing on why that people aren't doing it because, like, it's either you get the 81 game or the 41 game or whatever package or nothing. And I, right. I just feel like there should be more options. If, if 20 games isn't going to get you benefits, why not just randomly go to 10 to 15 games a year? Yeah. Well, and at this point, Cody also knows. Like when he wants to go, he just asks yeah. me, and I say, "That's right." Here you well, go. that too. Well, he knows it also helps that I live like a couple red line stops away, and like it's easy for me to go. Del Freebie. <laughs> well, and, Shane, and like Shane in the chat, you know, is saying he's a fellow season ticket holder too. Like he's right. Like I'm not. I'm not telling y'all to do it, and I'm definitely not sitting here saying like, "Oh, it's a great investment, like money wise." Like, but <laughs> when they are good, like you know, I think I was going to those World Series games for face value. And if I didn't have season tickets, I would have right. spent my life savings on it. Right. So yeah. But you, you know. weren't really going face value because of all the money you had spent on ah. the tickets beforehand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't yes. have season tickets yes. that cost you thousands of dollars, those thousands of dollars could have gone into yep. It's just a different – it's like it's, leasing listen, a car or buying a car. You can judge – I, I will accept the judgment for it. It doesn't matter how it gets parceled out. The money is going right. to the Cubs at your some Cubs point. Fund. Anyway, it's yeah. one whether I do it all at once in January or sporadically throughout you, the year on game if, time, like they're yeah, getting the say, money. You but if you mean, don't like, have season tickets like Corey does, use game time. Click the link in our description. That's right. Get your tickets yeah. there. And then if you're not at the game or if you are at the game, come hang with us after every game. What well, better way? On YouTube. To, you know, yeah, it's a no better way. It's a freebie, by the way. Yeah, uh, you, since you mentioned Nick Madrigal, we're going to go let's there. Do uh, <laughs> let's do it. Our friend Rich Beasterfield. <laughs> Feld, I'm sorry. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at B-I-E-S-T-22. Takes great pictures down in Arizona. Yeah. And he's given us our first photos now on Twitter that I've seen of Nick Madrigal actually taking ground balls at third base. So it is no longer a rumor. 
You know, he, they confirmed it at Cubs convention, but now we have visual proof that Nikki is taking grounders at third. <laughs> How does it look? I mean, I'm just kind of... I don't, I don't know how to feel, but it's, it kind of goes back to like what I said or what we talked about last week with how perhaps they might put him there on a day where they're trying to get guys to pull the ball to the right side. That mm-hmm. way they can get him in the lineup yeah. but not let his defense be something that affects them. But obviously the big thing here is how's that, how's that arm strength, bud? Because that's one reason why we've talked about his – inability to be very versatile but if he's been doing it all offseason you you think that arm strength has gotten better here's but one I, thing i just I, don't know if yeah. he could do it and obviously he doesn't have the power for someone you want at third base every day if you look at Statcast, i mean his arm strength is was 14th percentile so it wasn't strong which when you look at the the typical third base and like third base and have strong arms they have to you know especially if they're diving into you know foul territory to throw a ball over to first. Like, they have to have really good arm strength, and Nick Madrigal didn't last year. Maybe he's done some stuff to boost it a little bit, but he can't, there's no way to have boosted it enough to where you're, like, even an average arm strength third baseman. So what you're saying is, like, it has to be the most plausible scenario where it's, they want they want to find ways to, to play him. So if a team is putting out, you know, they got whatever righties on the mound for the Cubs, the other team is putting out a lefty-heavy lineup, then you can maybe hide Nick Madrigal at third base a little bit just because, for the most part, lefties are going to pull the ball. Like they may you know, be able to hit some to the opposite side a little bit, uh, to the third base side. But for the most part, they'll pull it to the right side, especially now that the shifts are gone. They may be even more keen on doing that. Um, and that limits the amount of balls that are going to go his way if he's playing third base. Um, you know, maybe you could play him even a little further in at that point. That allows him you know, less distance between where he's throwing it and where first base is that that's the most plausible scenario uh to me he may he may have like the the range to play third base the arm strength isn't he hasn't shown that he has the arm strength there so um i guess you know i guess we'll see how it looks at what if in spring training if you're talking about a handful of games or a handful of innings how much does the arm strength of your third baseman yes it could mean a game right like doesn't throw out a guy over at first base. But if it's early in the game and the guy's over there and you're just trying to get him in the game, get him some at-bats, how much is the arm strength of the third baseman really going to change your win-loss total? When he's only there, well, he, that, he might be there three times a year. Well, that's the point. Is like, is like they're gonna, they're not gonna, he's not going to be the starting third baseman at this point. Like The, it's, the whole thing is that right. they're going to find the right situations to play him and that, you know, that that's they're they're trying to find spots where he can play every like not every day but more often than yeah. just being a bench occasionally bat. occasionally I'd rather I'd rather have a weak arm at third base than a guy that can't catch the ball, the guy that bobbles the ball that's at fair. third base or a guy that's going to throw it clear over the first baseman's head every time. Like you want, what's you want the, the steady glove? You want the steady glove at third base? That'd be the first thing. Now also, in I, little league, Cody, I worked I played with a kid. His you know this is in the nineteen twenties, but. I I played with a I played with a kid who was the coach's son and he wanted to play third base, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know, is he going to roll it over to first base like it's never going to happen? So I would try and coax him during games to flip me the ball like it was a second like it was a double play. You you catch the ball 
and then I'll stand next to you, flip it to me, and I'll throw it over to first. <laughs> it didn't work, but it was a great idea. I think another thing that the Cubs could do, and I feel like we as fans would probably be a, a little bit more up for it, is on certain days that they did they do want to get magical in, they could play magical at second and put Swanson or Horner at third or vice versa, mm. you know what I mean? And the, on days like that, that's when you w- I would assume you might see a heavy right-handed lineup. Because Dansby wants to play every game. Right. And now he's probably trying to convince well, want, Nico to got, try and play the game. they got to play Horner and Swanson every single day. There's no doubt about it. Maybe a day off every now and then because it's a long baseball season. But they have to play those guys every day. The only downfall of that idea is, like, your up-to-middle defense is – isn't as good, you know. I mean, I we did see Magical be better defensively last year than we expected for sure. But I'm just I'm just pointing out that that that's a, something they could do, and I feel like we probably all feel a little bit better about that scenario than Magical actually playing third base. Um, so near and you're so too, I wanted y'all to go first because I think I'm the most like negative about cynical. It, yeah, this and you, you and Niren in the chat. I'll, he's got well, the, that Niren's comment was hilarious. Um, <laughs> it would be yeah. They need like special rules. Like, all all right, I'll say it, but I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying. Niren asks, are they banning the outfield from playing shallow for Madrigal yet? Oh, it's like a it's like a <laughs> TV a cheap show. Shot. You know, a cheap where the where the you yeah. know like they're in the outfield. They go bring it in, bring it in. Um, I, I agree with all you guys. I, I think if this is, uh, you know, just finding ways to get him in when you want to get him in, that's fine. But I, I just, I don't like this really at all, if I'm being honest with you. I think the spots where he's mostly going to be available are just not spots where you want a guy that has no power, um, whether that's DH or third base. And, like, I think your scenario of maybe moving one of Nico, it w- I think it would be Nico playing right. third. Like, I'm just not in on that. Like, I don't think we should the, – the up-the-middle defense is so important. Mm-hmm. You just paid a lot of money for that. You should extend Nico and pay even more money for that. And the Cubs have won a championship with defense, especially mm-hmm. up the middle. Yep. I'm, we're moving things – and I'm not saying you're suggesting this, right? But, like, we're moving things around for Nick Madrigal – a guy who's going to put up, what, two war, even if he hits 350, which he's not proven he can do. He's not proven he can stay on the field. Not his fault, right? That's not a personal flaw, but it happens, right? I, I, just, I just don't see it. This just feels like you made the trade, you made the investment, he's on the roster, and I know you guys talked last week, too, about, like, the value of a guy that can make contact. The Cubs, several years ago, desperate for guys Mm -hmm. who could make contact at times in that lineup, even for as good as that lineup was and as powerful as that lineup was. But he he cannot make the plays at third base. He just can't. I haven't seen it. Maybe Rich will tell us he was dazzling out there in in spring training. He can't, right? Guys, if somebody bunts, he's going to come in, scoop the ball with a bare hand, and throw a guy out at first base? No way, right? Give me that on DraftKings all day. I'll my life savings. He can't make the throws. He can't make the plays. Rich so, told me that he looked okay still getting comfortable. I like – here's what I'll Rich say. Rich is very nice, that, and that so I'm nice. taking that as like <laughs> – And he takes very yeah, good pictures. Yeah, he's not going to say, you know. I'll give him this. I'm glad he's trying it. Sure. And I'm yeah. glad that he's showing that in obviously a prove-it period of his career – that he's not waiting until February 14th and 13th Absolutely. to show up. He's yeah. 
He's there a good month beforehand, making sure he's getting and in as much I work as possible. I appreciate that the Cubs made moves this offseason, right, with Dansby, to say, look, we're not prioritizing you. You have to move around for what we're going to do, right? Because they could have. They made the trade. He didn't get to play all the time. They could have said, like, we want to give him a real shot at second yeah. base, right? We're not going to sign a middle infielder. So I appreciate that. It's fine if they want to try it, but... You just don't think it's going to work. I I just think, like, third base is a position where you don't have to have power at the corner infield. But you probably should. That's where a lot of the power goes. And the Cubs don't have power much else, Mm -hmm. much anywhere else. If you had tons of power at second base or you had tons of power in other positions, at catcher or whatever. But this just feels like a lot of – and, again, if they're not going to prioritize it, it's going to be a couple games, like like you guys said, in specific scenarios where you want a contact guy in there or you're – you know, you're, you're pitching to the right side, whatever it is, fine. But yeah. I, I've also, we've seen stuff like this with the Cubs in the past several years that so perhaps maybe my stronger reaction is like, do I trust them that I'm not going to see him at third base five times a week? And my answer is maybe it shouldn't be no, but I've just seen them do stuff yeah. like that where they were trying to fit guys in or, or change things around. They don't have enough power to be like, I think thinking this way about Nick Madrigal and I'm not saying they're prioritizing it, but like I would be putting everything I had into how do we get Christopher Morrell comfortable and calmer with those throws? Mm -hmm. Because if he can play third base on a regular basis, your defense is going to be out of control. And that would be where my priority would be, not on how do we make this work with maybe a guy who can hit for average. But it's not necessarily their priority. He's he's there early doing the work. I'm preemptively worried about it. It's it's just what we've (laughs) talked about the last few weeks. Um, Just kind of Magical's going to have to play his way into playing time at this point. Because if he he can only play second base, well, shit, Nico Horner's a starting second baseman. That's where we're at right now. And he's going to have to show that he deserves to be in the lineup every single day, not only because, you know, he wants to be a starter, but it, it, we kind of felt like as he was getting, you know, he was hurt and he wasn't playing every day last year. Like once he finally started getting into a rhythm, playing every day, getting consistent at bats, you saw what he did in August at the plate. It was a lot better, a lot closer to, you know, who the Cubs hope he could be. It was a lot of what it, we saw well, from him with the White Sox. Yes. So if he's not playing every day and he's healthy, that's just another, you know, that's just another challenge in him getting those consistent at bats and, and finding that rhythm. So if this is just another play to hey, if we could play him here once a month, right, just to make sure he's on the field and and not sitting out four days in a row, yeah. like three then, innings a month. Yeah, then, then it yeah. then it makes then it makes some sense. And and yes, it's not the ideal scenario, uh, but he's still a guy that the Cubs believe in. They traded Craig, Craig Kimbrell for him, and you know Cody Hoyer they hope is also a really good reliever. But this is a guy um, that they believe in, and they want to play him. It's just. The way it's at, the way he's now, the way the roster set up now, he there's no room for him. Like, yeah. to, he's going to be a part time backup second baseman at this point. So, this just again strikes me as Madrigal is trying to show he can he can be more versatile than just a second baseman. The Cubs are trying to make him more versatile than just a second baseman. And, and I mean, if it, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you know, at least they're trying. I guess is right. the best way totally to put fair. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of trying, Cody Bellinger is another guy that's there early. We've seen pictures from Rich. Uh, Showing him for the first time in his Cubs gear out in Arizona, and that was kind of cool to see. So my question is, Bellinger, Tyone, or Mancini? Three new guys. 
Which one will make the biggest impact this season? I think Cody. Cody Bellinger? Del Mendo. <laughs> uh, yes. Cody I would go. I, I think I Bellinger. <laughs> he, he just, he has. The pedigree. He, he, right. He just had, and I know how bad he had been at the plate with the Dodgers, and it's a tough thing to fix, right? Like sometimes injuries or mechanics, things like that, they get out of whack. They're tough to fix. But he's such a good defender. He's such a good base runner. And the ceiling is literally an MVP level on offense. And he does not have to get back to that. He just needs to, like, improve on some of the stuff that was making him mm -hmm. so needs, bad at the plate. And he, he needs is, to be an average major league hitter. Dude, if he's an <laughs> average major league hitter, he is such a valuable player. Like, that's why I think Bellinger, like, the, the ability for him to be so valuable is – I, yeah. I just think higher if than those other guys. If he could be average Cody Bellinger is what you're saying, really, right? Like, he doesn't have to be MVP Cody Bellinger. He just doesn't have to be the bottom. Somewhere Cody. in the he, middle. He, he, yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Well, See, you've seen the potential. What he can do, and you've seen it, so it's not just like, oh, it's potential. Like, he has done it in the past. His ceiling is higher than anyone on this team. Even Dansby. Yes. I think his, oh, yeah. His Agreed. ceiling is higher than anyone on this team. Even Dansby Swanson, who they paid a ton of money to bring to Chicago. Will he reach that ceiling? He hasn't in a few years. I don't know that he ever will again, but he has that ceiling. And if he can get anywhere near that, he is huge. Well, first of all, he's hugely valuable for the Cubs this season. He's going to make a ton of money last next right. year. Like he's 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 going to be a one year Cub because he's going to make a ton of money that the Cubs probably won't pay him next yeah. winter if he if he can get seventy five percent of that that ceiling. So, I agree, Bellinger. But this, and I'm not trying to continue to talk about Nick Madrigal. But when you talk about guys like Mancini, Bellinger, like if you get better than what we expect production, offensive production that includes home runs, then you're getting more power than you expect. I mean, I guess we can expect. What are we talking about right now? Nick Madrigal? Or no, no, we're talking, we're talking about the guys? team overall. You're getting okay, more okay. power than you expect from the team overall if Bellinger is an average player and still manages to hit 20-plus homers. And same thing for Mancini if he gets back to playing like he did with Baltimore, right? Even though I think we can, I think we'd all bet that Mancini could hit 20 home runs this year. Because I mean, yeah, he basically he's, it's not like it's been that long, right? So you talked about how with the lack of power on this team, like you can't force Magical in the lineup because of that. Well, if you counter that with some production from guys, better production than you than we expect, then then you can consider playing Magical a little bit more and maybe, again, not necessarily third base, but just playing him more because you, you're getting more offensive power from other guys in the lineup. So I'm just throwing that out there, and we can all hope and pray that that actually happens. The occasional DH, is that what you're sort of hinting at a little bit? I'm not, I'm not hinting at the occasional DH. Here's, but. here's the thing about the three guys. <laughs> Obviously, Bellinger has the, highest, has the highest ceiling, right? Yeah. Tyone and Mancini were better last year, right? If you had to look at their season for last year, I would say Mancini had a better year, and I would say Tyone getting out of that division. Somebody in the chat just said that, too, and I, I totally agree. He has a pretty high ceiling, too. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty good... Bellinger, if you had to wager, maybe you take has, Bellinger. But I, w I think if I had to put my money, I would put my money on yeah. Tyone. Tyone has the ceiling of, you know, number one starter, potentially. I Like, Bellinger, for me, just feels like one eyes. of those guys where I, I agree on all that. 
like, uh, you know, Tyone's a great addition to this rotation. His ceiling is high. Mancini, great veteran. Like, the ability, everything he adds is going to be great, especially, you know, compared to what they came in with last year at the mm-hmm. position. Bellinger's just that guy where, like, even if he's not hitting the best, best, best case scenario, like, he can, him being, like, really good gives this team a whole different, like, more than anybody, I think he represents, like, if you could tell me right now, one guy on this team is great. He has a great year. If you told me it was Cody Bellinger, that would excite me the most about the 2023 Cubs and, like, the potential of how this all shakes out. Even though he might not be a long-term piece. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I I guess I would, you know, obviously if he plays like that, he's going to get a ton of money, but I guess I would hope if the Cubs can fix him, (laughs) maybe they'd have an inside track to keeping him in that scenario. Another thing, like, just because we're talking about power, like, it's not related to those guys, but, like, I keep watching, like, the videos and stuff and photos of Seiya working out. The dude is jacked. Like, he's, I think he's going to, like, settle in, like, get more comfortable, you know, living in America, playing in Chicago, playing in Wrigley. Like, we, he, he was a power hitter, like, also in Japan, like, more so than I think we saw. Like, I just look at him, I'm like, the dude is jacked. Like, he might launch some bombs. So, if we're looking for power, maybe it comes. And then, yeah, maybe Cody's right. Like, there is more of a spot for Nick Madrigal. I'm, you know, I don't and care I don't, about it. But, I don't you know, want to sound like a stan, but like <laughs> Cody Del Madrigal. Whenever you look at this, when you look <laughs> at this good. roster and you and you're trying like to find it. a like an automatic leadoff hitter, I mean, let's be real. He if if there's anyone that's that, it's it it is him. He gets on base and he say he, he doesn't walk. That's, okay, he doesn't walk. He doesn't walk, but he knows the strikes. Kind of that's also the issue with Nico. Is Nico doesn't walk very much either. Like that, if you're looking at leadoff hitters, like. That's one of the knocks against both of them is that they just don't walk alone. Yeah, my my, I'll I'll leave Madrigal alone. But like my last thing on that over is like hundred though. Does it matter if you walk that much? If he were Kinda. hitting three ten, maybe. But my my thing with the leadoff hitter, not even so much that they can't walk. It's more so like who are we giving the most at bats to on the team? Right, we have all these hitters. Who do we want batting mm-hmm. the most every day Nico. in this game? To me, Nico. the answer is never Nick Madrigal. The most That's of anybody fine. on the team, no way. If you if you're at peak Nick Madrigal and he's been showing it for months, then we can have a different conversation. But right, I don't yeah. like not off the that's kind of point. That's kind of the well, point yeah, of our conversation is how do we right get the there? Right? Not off the how bat. Does he get such a hater. Time, he's you know? such a hater. I'm not saying off the bat. I'm just saying that me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, and like last year, I remember in the off season, you and I started it with the chat like before opening day. We were like, man, everybody give Nick a chance. And I'm like, now I'm like, yeah. hater number one. I, you know, yeah, it is what it is. You're packing right. his apartment right now. Whenever you're hurt. He seems like a nice guy. Year, I mean, you know, he was bad in April and May and then got hurt, came back, got hurt again, had a good month of August and then got hurt again. Like you're going to, it's going to be hard to have fans, man, when you, when you can't even play. And yeah. when you do play, you're not playing well. So. Well, it, it also gets to the point where you can't just keep waiting for him to get healthy. Yeah, like, and, 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 and that's why the Cubs made the right move in getting Dancy Swanson. Like, as good as Madrigal could possibly be at, at second base, it's like you couldn't just wait for him to see if he's going to be healthy. This you did that last year; it didn't work out. You had your chance to really improve the team, and you know, rightfully so, they took it. And you know, that's the co- that the cost is Nick Madrigal potentially having a starting mm-hmm. spot on this roster. Um, but they improve the team because they can't sit here and wait. And see if Nick Madrigal can can be healthy for most of 2023 and produce. Like, those are two Mm -hmm. big question marks 
around Nick Madrigal that they spent all of last year trying to find answers to and didn't. And now, you know, they, they, they went out and improved the team because they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Like Corey said earlier, they shouldn't have waited around and see, you know, you know they, they could have went the route of giving Nick Madrigal another chance. They shouldn't have. And they no. didn't. So you don't mortgage a whole season for him, right? No. At this point, it's in, a, it's in a the good rebuild. point from Gary in the chat too. Like, they they do have still McKinstry and Mastroboni. Like, you know, they gave McKinstry a little bit of a shot last year. Like, they do have other guys to try as well. Like, that's that's another problem that Madrigal is facing. Like, I don't know where the Madrigal Cubs rank all these Iowa, guys. Right? Good. I believe he still has yeah. options. Yeah. So it's just like there there's other guys too. Like the Cubs are going to have to make decisions like. How are we prioritizing this playing time? Like, are you giving Christopher Morell a, a ton of a look there? Are you getting Patrick Wisdom in there? Like, oddly enough, you know, the Cubs do have some crunches in some of those positions Decisions. because now, unlike last year, you have filled a lot of those positions with guys that you're definitely going to be playing more often than not. Yeah. Speaking of decisions to make, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side or south side. Hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles. Foco, looking for the perfect gift for a football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com and click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. And nothing gets a good Nick Madrigal debate going like playing some bags. Uh, with your buddies outside in your backyard, uh, you know I don't. I call them bags. My guy Tom calls them uh, cor- calls it cornhole. Mm-hmm. Chi Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come in built-in, come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up in the hole, and exterior and handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers, veteran-owned and operated. They ship anywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at ChiTownCustomCornhole Boards. We're also on Twitter. Shout out to Tom. Great dude. And our, Good guy. our uh, bag set is awesome. Uh, the last four and a half to five minutes are dedicated to something Cody's been wanting to anxiously talk about. <laughs> something he saw on Reddit. A fan, baseball fan, trying to choose whether they should be a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. Cody, your advice. <laughs> All right, so, like, this guy, he's, he, he went, he, what, what's funny is the guy went to the internet to try to find out if he should be a Cubs or a White Sox fan. And to me, that's red flag number one. Um, yeah, that, that's a flag. Lawrence, it, Nobody goes to the internet you, to find if you that. Ha- I, I, threw the, I threw the tweet in Slack, in the Cubs Slack, if you want to pull it up. People probably know what I'm talking about. It kind of went viral on like uh, on Twitter, at least, uh, last, like late last week. When did you throw that no, in that's, there? No, that's Nick Madrigal. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he... He go. He left this message saying, "You know, he threw it in there yesterday, he, Lawrence. He, he went. He grew up around Cubs fans. He grew up around Cubs fans, but in college, he went to a lot of White Sox go. games. Um, and now he lives like ten minutes away from Wrigley, so he lives in Lakeview, Wrigleyville, wherever you want to call it. So he's and, decided. And he comes to Reddit to ask people, 
what should he be? And uh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I I still haven't changed my mind. I, I would rather him go be a fan of the White Sox than be a fan of the Cubs based off the fact that he just hasn't – he hasn't been there for all the pain. Like, he's he's – he knows about it, but did he did he feel the pain of Alex Gonzalez fumbling the ball in, in game six, the NLCS in tw- 2003? Did he feel the pain Frank of Brown. Daniel Murphy uh, turning into God in 2015 in the NLCS against the Mets? I'm not getting swept by the Dodgers in 08. Is yeah, that? did he feel the pain of the Dodgers sweeping the 98-win <sighs> Cubs in 2008? Did, mm. did, he, did he feel the pain of game 163 against the Brewers in 2018? No, he just, like, he knew about it. He probably felt bad for his friends. But, like, did he, like, did he go down a mental, like, dark hole of sadness for weeks, months? Probably not. And so, for me, he should honestly go either be a White Sox fan or go watch Yankees like every other casual fan in this, in this country. So you're saying you want him to experience some of the misery. Yes. I need you to experience So therefore the he should be a Sox fan because their season's going to be bad this year. Well, I, that's oh. not my reasoning. I, I'm just saying if I had to, if you force me to make him choose one, I would rather him go be a Sox fan. So he doesn't have to share in the misery is what you're saying? or No, because like I just would rather Cubs he had fans his opportunity. be the one. Yeah, like I, I feel like he had miserable. his opportunity. He okay. said he grew up around them and then went to Sox games when he was in college and like all of that, all of that put together, and he didn't come. He couldn't come up with something himself. He had to come to the internet and ask us. Are you kidding me, brother? Oh man, that's. Uh, I I don't know if I would have thought about it that way, but that's an interesting perspective. I Wanna- I honestly would rather him just go choose a different team, because I don't think I don't even think. He, he, like, I don't you don't think, think he can handle the heartbreak. You don't think yeah. he's a real baseball fan. Exactly. I think he's very casual. I Because, like, I, I have noticed one of the he's things Cody's that gatekeeping right now. Gatekeeping yeah. You're not allowed. He's you're not serious misery. enough about this team. <laughs> if you're not I, serious <laughs> enough, then, like, I don't want you. I'm sorry. We're here for 162. We grind and we die with this team. And when they lose, we're sad and we drink lots of alcohol to get over it the night Goose of Island, and the, yeah the Goose Island especially and then you know we get back up and get ready to be heard again the next day that's, that's how it. this works I, all summer like to be quite the, honest he might just want to be a Chicago Dogs fan uh, there you go <laughs> low stakes low stakes that's fun, fine fun environment Cheap tickets. yeah i like one of the things that Brendan <laughs> and i bonded over when we met like 7 years ago was that we have an innate ability to Cody's point 30 seconds into a conversation we can be on a tangent that shows how miserable we are. We could be talking about the most pleasant thing that has ever happened to us in the world. Give us 30 seconds, and we're talking about Nafi Perez or, you know, Cody said, Alex Gonzalez. We can get there so quick, and we both identified. We were like, we're so miserable. Like, what is wrong with us? Like, why are we talking about this? We were having a nice conversation. Why are we talking about this? And so, I like, I, that, that is a good point from Cody, that, like, that's part of it. My thing is like I didn't I didn't choose. My parents were Cubs fans. My family was Cubs fans. That's just what was on. That's what it was going to be. Well, they be. pushed you on a path, right? They pushed me on a well, and you know, my my dad would probably say like you know, well, I was miserable through this. I think he carried around a newspaper clipping from the 1984 season in his wallet. <laughs> he ripped it up in 2003 and left it at Wrigley Field. Left it there. Um, so like yeah, like I was born into 
misery. It's like Bane in the Batman movie. It, you know, I was molded by it. I was born into it. <laughs> but I, like my so if if your if your favorite if you're if you're choosing between teams and and said team hasn't made you want to vomit at some point in in your choosing, then you should look at another. But team. also like like our our yeah. guys Sean and and Herb are are definitely going to say like you think the White Sox haven't well, been making our, that, me miserable my whole life? Like what are you guys talking about over here? Your team, your team <laughs> yeah, you at some point in your watching your team. When you're picking a fandom, at some point your team should always want to make you vomit. Yeah, at I, some I, point I, in your I fandom, think, you should be like, "Boy, that that game made me want to vomit." But the, 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 what you really want is to vomit because they did not do as well as they should. Yes. Like, yeah. like if you were a that's Yankees right. fan, Yankees fans vomit because the Yankees don't win the World Series every year, and and that's like if you're a fan, that's what you want. Correct. I feel that, like it's a feel thing it. in in this person's position. I think it's I think it's a feel thing. You, you watch the games go to games and it actually it's like brings us full circle to how we started this conversation right like spend a season watching both teams or get MLB TV watch a bunch of teams switch the broadcasts like maybe you'll develop a connection to one of the broadcasters hey I really love this radio broadcast or I really loved this ballpark or this area or the people that I met or The hot dogs at the stadium. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just like, like spitballing. The game, like, will, the game will, in a long come, season, you'll always have mm-hmm. a this made me sick feeling, and hopefully, wow, that was I think fun feeling. To you. That's how you yeah. know it's your team. Like, to spin it. To say that I wanted, wanted to try and go and convert this guy into a Cubs fan. I go talk to this guy, ask him, first off, why are you going to the internet and asking about this? And then second <laughs> really, off, really feel then proceed, about that. Then like the proceed to explain to him what it means to be a Cubs fan, what, like, what it's like to go to Wrigley Field, what, why people chant right field sucks when they sit in left field and vice versa. And, like, all these little things, I could tell them all this stuff and, 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 then, and then get to the, the heartbreak or even the good times, like 2016. And I guarantee you that guy still isn't going to feel like I feel about the Cubs. And that's kind of my point. You know, maybe someday he'll get there. This like, is your – you, you ask you, him. You can't expect him to get there well, like on day right. one. But, well, uh, and like – You yeah, should have decided what team you liked when you were a kid, dude. That's how it works. This uh, is your mission should you choose to accept it. You lay out the rules. You go. <laughs> You're going to have to feel strongly about all these things. Mm-hmm. Mission impossible. Isn't that what it says? This is your mission. Should you choose to accept it, it's going to blow up or whatever. It's kind of like it's the wrong time uh, like, It's kind of like Maverick. Rachel from from the UK, it's no dark right? Night, she but, you know. she told us when she came here that she'd only been a Cubs fan for a few years, but like in her her scenario is different because she lives in the UK, not here in Chicago, and like there, it's just a lot different. Like she she kind of fell in love with the Cubs based off something. Um, I think she said something about meeting up with people at a at a bar. Or something like that. I can't remember. Pub maybe. Lou Dabbs has a like point. Quit Let him cub explain. his way. Yeah. Don't tell people Don't how to tell cub. Don't tell them how to cub. I, I mean, cub I, th- I, 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 I do, I do I entirely know what Cody's saying. Because, I, I mean, he and I are, like, the same age. And so I Kindred spirits. went through the same stuff. Like, I, I do get that. But I also feel like, I don't know, like, it's a very special thing. And, like, I would invite anybody to... Again, I be would a part rather of it and and try to be a part of it. I know? would rather like, him root for the Cubs and the White Sox, but am I go do am, is he going to be the first person that I would want to go watch a baseball game with? No, he's going to be like number ten on the list. 
10. 10, yeah. Wow, that's pretty high. Yeah, up yeah, I don't have favorite. a lot of friends. So, <laughs> you know. Before we go, I'm gonna before we go, I want to point out that okay. Corey came on the show and dropped two Navy Perez references. That's probably as many as we've had in the entire year that we've been we've existed. So we thought con- about yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Brendan's gonna yell at me for we that. We thought about a Navy counter and yeah. we we have Lucas. Well, and said, I mean, Why would you I mean leader? well because we're talking about like you know the special moments with broadcasters and stuff that made us miserable, stuff that was awesome. <laughs> There's also stuff that I remember very specifically that made me absolutely sick to my stomach, and you know. Yeah. If I can say it a third time, Nafi was at the center of the Oh, wow. Three, three strikes and you're out. Super chat, 499 from Fernando. Waited literally, uh, where'd it go? I just lost it. Wait until Waited the last literally day. to the last day to pay for my season tickets or eat, eat deposit. deposit. Downgraded to best, chep, best cheapest seats. Dansby and signing helped me stay. There he is. From Fernando. There you go. I'll Shout see you at the uh, beautiful historic Wrigley Field this season. Go find Fernando. Corey. Where it is, in fact, different there. And I'm sorry for gatekeeping, but also not sorry. <laughs> it's different here uh, <laughs> at CHGO as well. We yeah. appreciate you uh, checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll be back here on Wednesday, 120 live. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Leave us five-star reviews. We appreciate it. Until Wednesday, fly the W.